Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. my fellow ghouls, goblins, and ghosts, I bid you welcome to the Festival of Sow and Horror podcast. Dripping with blood, gore, ghosts, and demons, we are sure to thrill and chill you with a spooky good time. I am your host, the Countess Victoria Moon herself, and joining me tonight, as usual, is the one, the only, Brandon Baller. Now, tonight I'm especially excited because we are going to be talking about one of the best, well, best in my opinion, (laughs) horror franchises, with the first film in the series being one of the first to spark the slasher franchise, excuse me, slasher craze. Yes, my friends, I am indeed talking about the infamous Psycho franchise. Aren't you excited, Brandon? You know I am. Like, I've been talking about (laughs) this for weeks. I love Psycho. Yeah, uh, Psycho is very fun, and, and something that a lot of people don't even realize is the fact that there are sequels. Three of them, in fact. Like, unfortunately, I was one of those for, like, a couple of years. Like, the major- the vast majority of horror fans do know that they exist, but, like, I guess, like, a lot of them, there are a handful that don't. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there are, I mean, I, until we talked about it, and, you know, you realize that there were sequels. I didn't know that they they made any sequels to Psycho. I didn't know they all had um Anthony Perkins. Yeah, that's I mean but I mean and we'll talk about this a little bit later, but Psycho without Anthony Perkins, I just yeah, I mean I I wouldn't see it. And and, and the person that you're going to be mentioning that they were going to have play uh Norman Bates in the in the sequel, that would have been really weird. Cr- little cringe to great yeah. a- great actor but a little cringe. I'm I'm um, going to have to do the uh the the voice later when we talk about him by the way. Oh gosh. <laughs> I know exactly what voice you're talking about too. Um, but, um, I love the whole, every film in the Psycho franchise. A lot of people, like, don't like all of them, and, you know, that's, you know, every franchise, like, people aren't gonna like all of them, but I actually, like, this is one of the franchises that I actually like all of them. Yeah, yeah. And, like, I do want to see the Psycho TV series eventually, because I heard the guy does, like, like, just Mm -hmm. as good as, you know, a pretty good job, kind of, you know. It's kind of weird, though, because it's a prequel, yet it retcons what happens in four that's what that's what i heard and and it and then it leads up and through the original movie but at the same time it changes things in the original movie. i don't know i heard it was wild i guess that's you know, what i've heard it's something that we'd have to see for yeah. ourselves but um anyways like the whole franchise like you know sound like a broken record love every one of them mm-hmm. the you know obviously i'm gonna like the first one the best but I really enjoy the second one, too, which we'll talk about in a little yeah. bit later. But what do you love best about uh, the, you know, Psycho 1960? What do you, what's your, you know... I, I think what what I like the best about it, and and I think we talked about this when we, we were talking about, you know, uh, different movies and, and comparing different movies. It has a very, you know... I I don't know if if he necessarily drew any inspiration from Psycho, but a movie that is very much like Psycho in that it's essentially two movies combined into one 
is it's very much like from dusk till dawn. In the sense where, like, it starts off as, like, you know, a crime movie, yeah. like, From Dust Till Dawn does, and then, like, ends up ending as a horror movie. It starts off as a crime movie with her stealing the money, and then it ends up being a horror, like, a slasher. Exactly. It you know. it starts off with her trying to steal the money and everything, and her trying to escape, uh, and then, you know, after she gets killed, then it becomes this you know, crime, you know, I mean, it is still a crime movie to an extent because they're trying to figure out what happened to her and everything in the private investigator and all this, but it's also a horror movie in the sense of, you know, the killing and then, you know, the craziness of Norman Bates and, and discovering what, what's really happened with his mother. It's a good film because it really does have it, have it, you know, at all the best of both worlds like you don't have just horror you yes. have you know diff you know you have subplots and everything. exactly it's you great. yeah you have a bunch of different subplots in it i it, it's a great movie uh you know obviously anthony perkins's uh pl- you know portrayal of norman bates is great great uh, actor. he's a great he's a great actor janet lee as uh uh, what's her name now? Uh, um, she was Marion Crane. Marion Crane. There we go. Um, you know, uh, her acting in it is great. Um, you know, obviously you have the iconic shower scene, um, which it now it doesn't need to be remade, obviously. But the one thing I would kind of combine two movies together. What do you mean? I would love to see that shower scene shot in a POV, like in Halloween. Well, it kind of... It kind of oh, is, uh, but like, not... With her point of view? No, like, from his point of view. It kind of... And, like, you seeing the knife, you know, coming down pr- and everything. Probably from the eyes. I get yeah, what you mean. Kind of yeah. like how, like, like when with Michael, Michael Ma- ki- yeah. killed his sister. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. That would be interesting. Like... Seeing that shot in that way and combining those two iconic horror uh, scenes together would be very interesting to see, like, how it would work. Yeah, well, um, they actually, like, did make a remake to Psycho. I don't know if they did that, but they did make did a remake. Did they really? And Vince Vaughn plays Norman Bates. I'm not kidding. I don't, I'm like, I think I watched it. I don't remember it. I mean... I don't know if it's good. There are very really... few remakes that are good, but just I, I don't see how you can remake Psycho. There are yeah. certain movies that you just, yeah, you know, unless you're going to do like a complete retelling like with the with Bates Motel and everything. I just don't see how you can remake it. And 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 the one thing um and and I'll talk about this a little bit more later, but the the thing that and and it really does bring more life to the picture and and i just you could never i mean i'm sure there are copies out there in the other format but it would just be weird to me uh this and and there's another movie that was made around the same time in uh in night of living dead that you know they had colorized movies at that point they had the ability um, to make color movies and alfred hitchcock actually made colored movies prior to psycho he did but yeah uh yeah when i was looking it up uh he did but he chose to put this in black and white for that effect and it absolutely works okay because like i know a lot of um (laughs) filmmakers do and you know you know, they do the black and white, um, mainly, I for like, it doesn't cost as much. Mm-hmm. Um, they mainly did a lot of color films, more color films, I think, in the UK back then. Yeah, which Like, he, with the Hammer films. Yeah. Hitchcock is actually originally from the UK. I'll, I'll, That's very interesting. Uh, I'm going to do, no uh, I'm going to do my haunted history stuff on Hitchclo- Hitchcock and, and all of his Hitchcock. Stuff. Yes, Hitchcock. <laughs> A.K.A. the original Paul Heyman. He, he, Paul Heyman, if you're a wrestling fan, he kind of looked like um, 
Alfred Hitchcock. Kind of. He, he definitely looks a lot the, like the Alfred per, the, the exact embodiment of yeah. um, Alfred Hitchcock. That's not even an insult. No. Well done, Paul all. Heyman. Um, but yeah, um, you know the... F- Film is act- the first film is actually based off of a novel by Robert Block, and it has the same name. And apparently Psycho 2 was a novel as well, but the story of the Psycho 2 film didn't- wasn't the same mm-hmm. as the Psycho 2 mm-hmm. novel. The novel apparently mm-hmm. was different. I don't know what it was about, because I never read it. But um, yeah, it- there was a Psycho 1 novel that was uh, written in 1915, or published in 1959 by Robert Block. Yeah. And... Um, then Psycho 2, I think, came out in 1983, the book. Yeah. Uh, do we have any more to to talk about the about with the original Psycho? Any more uh, things for that? Uh, the only other fact I have about the first Psycho um, is that, and the book actually, is that Norman Bates was also loosely inspired by Ca- a man named Calvin Thomas Beck. Hmm. who was the publisher of a magazine called Castle of Frankenstein, because this man apparently always was always accompanied by his mother, and apparently she was smothering. Oh, of course. Yeah. Okay, but that's then. basically all I have to say. Like, it's my one of my favorite yeah. horror films. Uh, sadly, I didn't see it until later on in life. Like, I saw, uh, like, Halloween and others before it. Mm-hmm. But, like, you really can't have a whole lot of slasher films without no. Psycho. I no, mean, Psycho. I mean, yes, there are other movies that are considered part of the yeah, slasher absolutely. family that came out prior to it. But Psycho really is the one that the groundbreaking that, yeah, film that that really got the ball rolling on the slasher films. Absolutely. Um, and I mean, I remember we we watched it in my film class and analyzed it and everything. Uh, so you know, it's it's definitely a classic. It's definitely one that you know people laud over even now after you know sixty years. It's great. I love it. I can watch it anytime. And you know what? I love Psycho 2. Let's yeah. talk about Psycho 2. Yeah. Very and underrated sequel. I I thought it was great. I mean, the whole the whole Psycho franchise outside of the first one are very underrated. You know, everyone talks about the original and how groundbreaking it was, and it was. And maybe part of the reason why the others aren't quite as lauded is because they came at a time when other slashers were becoming the the big boys in town. And the Psycho story was kind of considered passe at that point. Yeah, um... What what I loved about Psycho Two, the story, you know, to do with the story is how like, and this is a spoiler alert to anybody who's never yeah, seen it, Psycho Two. Well, if you haven't seen any of the sequels, I recommend go go turn like, pause this, go and turn go this watch. off, go go watch the sequels and then come back and and uh, like honestly, like I highly recommend yeah. them. I'll just go ahead and give them all like four stars for you so just go check them yeah. out um anyways i like already said spoiler alert it's done yeah sorry so if you're still here <laughs> you know what you're getting yourself into <laughs> yeah um i the fact that like norman doesn't actually kill anybody until the end of the film mm-hmm. like he was innocent i felt so well, fucking bad for him well that's the weird thing is about that, does that make me a bad person no I actually no felt bad not for at all norman because Bates? because that seems to be the interesting kind of progression that you get within these, uh, you know, within the whole series is, you know, the first one, he's kind of kooky and then you don't realize that what he is until the end. Uh, the second one, he seems like he's rehabilitated and, and that he's better, but then the, you know, the strain of people still accusing him of, you know, uh, being a murderer and all of that, and then, uh... And, like, even and then, bullying yeah, him and shit. Yeah, exactly. And then Marion Crane's sister's, uh, daughter, you know, well, well niece, sis- niece. sister, yeah. Um, you know, Marion Crane's sister and niece, uh, you know, kind of, you know, playing tricks on him to try to get him to, you know... Be committed again. Yeah, to get him committed again. Uh, 
And then, you know, and even the one kill that he has that that he's responsible for, he really isn't necessarily responsible for it. Which one? Uh, with, uh, the niece. Mary? Uh, or not, yeah, uh, her name was Mary. Yeah, Mary. Like, what, what, her being killed? Yeah. Well, he didn't kill her, he killed, um, his spool. Oh, you're right. Um, the cops actually killed her because she was trying to kill Norman. Right. Um, at the end. Honestly, the man was trying to re, like, he really wanted to be, like, a good person. Like, it really, this, these movies, one thing about him is, that speaks to me the most in volumes is, um, how, like, it just, you know, it tells about mental illness and Mm -hmm. it shows you, like, it's not the person. Yeah. you yeah, know? exactly, that and that sense. people can be, you know, rehabilitated and everything. And he tries, and like he, I've said, the same yeah. thing with Str- Strangeland. And yeah, exactly. We'll, we'll get to like yeah. during our sixty-one days. Of which Halloween I think event. we kind. Of, I think I made that comparison between yeah. uh, Psycho Two and Strangeland Grant- when we watched it. Yeah, granted, it, it uh, Norman fought it a little harder than Captain yes. Howdy. Yes. Um, I just like he the man was just trying to do the right thing. He got a job yeah. at a diner. You know, people weren't necessarily the nicest to him there. Yeah. Well, but then he ended up leaving and starting to work at you know starting his, to run the hotel again. Yeah, and that guy like honestly, all the people in that movie that died, minus the teenagers, of course, granted, yeah. you know, they like kind like I'm not saying they deserve to die, but like it's a kind of a karmatic effect. Yeah, like they really like were just bullies, you know. Like the um the man who owned the or well he didn't I don't know if he owned it or if he was the manager at, of the hotel while he was in you know locked up. Yeah, I like, think that's what he was. I think yeah. they basically had him take over oh. the motel while uh, Norman was in the mental institution. Yeah, and um, he just, you know, felt the guy, like, like you know, with all the drugs he was allowing and everything, yeah. he didn't feel like it was appropriate, so he fired him. The guy uh, took it, you know, didn't take it too well, so, yeah. And then the the weird twist in this one at the end, and do they ever really explain who's right and, and what's real and what's not? To be honest, like, they... I mean, like, okay, the, um, I don't know if she was a reporter, or was she, like, a reporter in the third one, or, um, a journalist? The, uh, you know what the lady I'm talking about in the in third the one. In the third one, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. um, she kind of explained it, but we don't know which side is, like, true. Um, apparently, the, and this lady actually worked at the diner when Norman started working there. Yeah. This fool claimed to be his real mother. And then Norman proceeds to kill her. Thinking and, that it's his real yeah. mother, and then that kind of that sets him off uh, for the third one, and like he seems like he's still kind of better in the third one, but I guess not, he's really, not really because he's because murdering people. That's throughout true. The, like, that is true. He is murdering people throughout the third one. You're right. Like he even murders like a girl that's just going to the bathroom in this. Yeah, movie. you're right. Well, you're right. excuse me, Norma. Yes. Or is not yeah, Norma. Yeah, Miss yeah, Cool. Yes. Whoever. Whoever. Whoever, it whoever is, the his fuck mother. it is. Yeah. But yeah, um, I love Psycho too. Um, I, I, I do want to read, like, both books of, like, mm-hmm. both Psycho 1 and 2. I, even though Psycho 2, like, apparently isn't, you know, based off of the Psycho yeah. 2 book. But, I, well, I'm but really... it would still be interesting to see where they took inspiration from and what they kind of had similar and what they changed, what they had different, stuff like that. Yeah, and, um, you know, screen the screenwriter of Psycho 2, you know, Tom Holland, not to be confused... With the guy who plays the new Spider-Man, I believe his name is Tom Holland too. Yeah, I think I think you may be right. I think you may be right. Um, um Tom Holland's all obviously much older. Um, you know the screenwriter for Psycho yeah, Two. Yeah. Um, he went on to direct Fright Night 1985 and Child's Play <laughs> 1988. Huh. Yes. So and, two big horror movies. And he was in um, Hatchet 2 as Mary Beth Dunstan's uh, quote-unquote uncle. Well, her brother's best friend. Yeah, yeah. So he's like a big, he's a pretty, you know, big horror icon, you know, director. And he's he's awesome. Yeah. 
big shout out to him. Yes, definitely. Um, but yeah, anything other than um, oh wait, one second. Christopher Walken almost got the part of um, Norman Bates in Psycho 2 because initially, apparently, Anthony Perkins so, said no. So if we had gotten that, it would have been, it's me, Norman Bates. I don't I don't see him as Norman Bates. <laughs> Neither a, do I. He's a Neither great actor, I but I, he's a great actor, but I just, I don't I, see any, really anybody I, I, else but Anthony Perkins. Um, I want to see, I want to ask you something. And you probably, it's not the same, because you're, uh, you know, you are more of a movie buff than I am. What do you first remember him in? Christopher Walken? Yeah. Oh my gosh. Um, what do I remember Christopher Because I have one particular that, you know, I didn't realize who it was until later on. But, you know, this is the one thing that I always remember him as. I don't know if it was him that was in these movies, but I used to watch these all the time. They're like horror films, like psychological. I think they're called The Prophecy. I don't know if it's the same actor. Actually, now that I think about it, you should actually remember him from this as well because you watched this as well as a kid. He was in an episode of something... That you and I both watched as kids. Billy and Mandy? No. What? Dexter's Lab? No, you're on the right network, though. I have no idea. Courage the Cowardly Dog. Who was Christopher? Remember the the robot that wanted to... He was supposed to be a killbot, but he didn't want to kill, and he wanted to make reindeers instead? Yeah. Listen to the voice. I want to make reindeer. That was Christopher Walken. I'm gonna go off topic real quick and say what, what the fuck, what a fucking weird show. Anyways, <laughs> acid trip. It a- really is. It really was, but a great show nonetheless. Anyway, I mean that yeah. that show is kind of horror based in and of itself. It with is. Some it, of the it stories. Fits. It really Return fits. Return the slab. It's a fucking weird show. <laughs> Gotta love it, though. Yeah. Oh, of course. Of course. But yeah, that would have been really weird. I mean, you know, obviously, you know, with his performance in the original and everything, I just can't see anyone outside of Anthony Perkins playing Norman Bates. No. And um, other than that, like, I give it a, you know, I give it a five skulls. Oh, definitely. Definitely. Um, And then Psycho 3... Psycho 3 is kind of weird, is a very weird movie because, you know, you have, uh, you know, you have Norman on the outside acting, you know, like he's rehabilitated and everything, but then deep down, you know, having these, you know, issues because of the new mother coming into the into play. Yeah, and I'm going to point something out about Psycho 3. I don't know if you notice. I when I watch a like a horror film or anything for that matter, I pay attention to like detail in the background. Mm-hmm. The the Bates house like this is only mind you, this is only a month I either a month or two after the events of part 2 really? apparently. Yeah, oh. because Mrs. Spool is missing and she's her pictures on the paper. Oh, so, yeah, okay. Um that house is so dirty on the inside. Like, it was, like... I mean, it wasn't the cleanest in part two. Like, the, I, I'm sure Mary, like, cleaned yeah. for him and everything. But in a matter of a month or two, the dirt and the dust on the well, stairs just stacked and caked. And it just kept well, piling up. And, like, he just let that shit yeah. go. Like, he was... There was a scene where he was sleeping on the couch. And there was, like, filth and dirt, like, rising from the yeah. sofa. Well, I mean, think about it. You know... Like, I'm not judging him. Yeah, I'm just saying, yeah. you know, I'm just saying that's what mental illness does. Yeah, exactly. You know, does. Like, he like, just had a complete breakdown again. So, you know, it would make sense that he's not exactly taking care of the place. I thought that was brilliant how they made the house look so dirty yeah, on the inside yeah. because it you could feel like, I feel like you can, like, kind of read, like, his emotions mm-hmm. and everything. Like, okay, he let himself go. He had a breakdown and everything. You could see that around him. Everything is broken pretty much. Yeah. You know, he's killing people, women again. He's, you know, hearing the voice of his 
well, his real mother yeah. now, and yeah. like you know, dealing has obviously her corpse, and like trying to like fight the urge to like it, kill again, it, and he also has romantic feelings for a girl too. Yes, in this. It, it's once again broken. Norm, Norman Bates. Sad but true. Um, but he but, does have a love interest. Yes, in this one. Yes, which her story is very odd, depressing. Yeah, very depressing. She's a nun who you know kind of questions her faith and because of her being a nun and everything she considers killing herself uh but in the process of trying to be stopped uh another nun gets killed and she gets you know uh exiled from the order and you know she ends up staying with uh norman and at first you know the the mother's side comes out and is about to kill her, but then, like, she's killing herself at the same time. And as a result, Norman saves her. And so, it, it was... It, it's just a very weird... They both, like... I feel like, you know, they both kind of, like... They had something going on up, yeah. up here, so they really, like... Like, you know, clicked automatically. Kind of, like, gravitated towards yeah. each other. And it's sad because he didn't actually kill her. She saw something, it scared yeah, her, and, and she fell. That's what I was he thinking about. Her, I, yeah. I was thinking of her instead of uh, Mary. Mary in the second one. Yeah. Yeah, she, like, well, I think, was he dressed as his mother at the time? At the time? I think. No. And that freaked her out? No. Or or she might have seen... Okay, no, I think she, she saw, saw something else. She saw something else. Or the noise. And, and as a result, she fell back over the balcony and into, like, this statue spear. or something that had a spear on it. And it spiked her yeah. head, like... Did the, spike her head or did spike her through the chest? Spiked her through the back of the head. Oh, okay. Um. So, yeah, it was... You know, and and then you know they find out about uh, Norman and and send him back to the institution. Which, you know, the sheriff at the time said you're never gonna get out again. But obviously, he somehow, you know, was rehabilitated and allowed back out again because we got the fourth one. But before we go to the fourth one, I just wanted to bring something up. That reporter. <sighs> God. That was... I, I don't even know what her... Official job title well, was. Like, even, was she a journalist? Well, I don't even know what her job title or anything or what she was... What, what I was going to say was what she was really doing with Norman. What she really wanted to get out of him. I think she wanted to exploit him. Yeah, probably. Because... Try to prove he's still a psychopath. Yeah, yeah. Because... When she first describes it to the sheriff, and you know, she asks him, you know, she asks the sheriff about Norman, and the sheriff, you know, is is protective of Norman at this point. Uh, you know, she claims that she's trying to help get his story out, and you know, show that you know people can be rehabilitated and all of this and. And do an expose on matricide. I think it was on matricide or something along those so, lines. So, like, yeah, something like that. Um, and you know, if if her story was true, it seems like perf- something perfectly fine that you'd you'd be okay with doing, and no one would have a problem with. But she's a and, Karen. Well, that's what I'm. That's what I was about to get to is she gets so defensive on everything it she's really a bitch. she's ma- straight up yeah. bitch to everybody you it really makes you question her motives because if her motives are really what she claims they are then she should have no reason for being defensive and like i i feel like her pest people like her pestering norman does not help no. either no of course not but again like i said if if her motives were what she claimed they were, yeah. If they were really, if she was really there to try to, you know, tell Norman's story and and show to the world that he has been rehabilitated and all of that, 
there I wouldn't see any problem with that. No, but you know, so the fact dug and dug yeah. for information on him, just oh. Well, but that's what I'm saying. You know, the fact that she did all these sketchy things and and was very defensive at any sort of questions instead of answering them straight up. It really makes it, you know, pretty obvious that what she says she's trying to do isn't what she is really trying to do. Yeah, because even Norman says something. He's like, I don't know. A lot of your interviews sound a lot like interrogation. Yeah, exactly. He even saw through her. Yeah, so, you know, uh, not very subtle on her part. No, Um, not not so much. Not uh, not a very good journalist. Let's just put it at that. Horrible. Horrible, indeed. Um... But yeah, that's um, that's just about it for part three, and then part four is probably one of the strangest. There's some parts in that that's uh, cringy to watch, not it, in a bad yeah. way, not in like a not a good movie kind of way, but, but like just, in a yeah. uncomfortable yeah. kind of way. Like the, some of the scenes with uh, Norman and Norma are just because yeah, it it's it's both a. It's both a sequel and a prequel at the same time, essentially. It is, because, like, they have him in present day. It's in, it's on his birthday. You know, he's got a new life. He actually got out of the psychiatric... He married... He got out of the psychiatric ward, married one of his doctors or his, like, you know, nurse, nurse or, or something. something. Yeah, and I'm assuming that's how he managed to get out, because she vouched for him. Yeah, and he's perfectly fine, but then he wants, you know, he want, he's calling this radio station and he's having the urge to kill her because she got herself pregnant. Yeah. He doesn't want, you know, there to be basically a second Norman yeah, Bates, he, a second generation. He, he thinks that his psychosis will be passed on genetically. Yes, and so he calls into this radio station and he tells, like, it's called Talk of the Town. Which are do- and they're doing a show on matricide. Yeah, and he call. I think he knows this because he's a big fan of the show, and he calls and he tells his all, almost his entire backstory, yeah. minus the shower killing and everything. Yeah, this is basically you know you've got two di- you've basically got two movies into one in this one. You've got the present day stuff, which is the sequel, talking about how it seemingly he's been re- rehabilitated again. He has a new life. He has a wife. Uh, you know, he seems like a perfectly normal person, Mm -hmm. uh, until, you know, what, you know, how it builds within the movie. Uh, but then at the same time, you also have all these flashbacks, which are prequels that are talking about his childhood and how his mother is and, uh, you know, what leads up to him killing his mother. Yes, and um, the one thing that if like people don't know this, and spoiler alert again, um, he he um, wanted to kill his mother because she I don't know if like they got married or if she was just seeing him, but like he had like this she was seeing this guy his mother and he was just a straight up douchebag and like he was you know kind of like beat up norman sometimes it looked like with you know the boxing scene and yeah. you know it seemed seemingly like he was taking his mother away from him mm-hmm. and so you know he felt like he was all alone he wanted to you know he felt like he was betrayed so he put the strychnine in no. the tea to to be fair though their relationship that's what that's what I'm talking about. Was, There's some parts in that that make me feel uncomfortable. Was very weird. There's some uh, stuff. Yeah. Um. I. Uh, okay. Let me just start out by saying that like, it's it's norm. It's his, it's his mom's fault that he gets a boner towards her throughout the movie. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like she sends very mixed signals. It's almost like she has some sexual feelings towards her son, and obviously her son, like, I think it was when because he's a teenager, he's like, you know, his hormones and everything. It doesn't help, and, you know, she's not an unattractive woman either, so, like, it's... Played by, uh... What's, I don't. I don't know her. I, I don't know her actress. The actress's name, but she played. Uh, she she played um Audra. Audra, there we and, go. And um and the it miniseries. Bill's wife. 
when the later yeah. when they're adults. Yeah, and in, in the mini series, not in the uh, twenty eight what twenty eighteen or twenty nineteen movie. I believe it. it I believe it came out in twenty eighteen. Yeah, or something that's what like I thought. That. But um, yeah, it doesn't. Yeah, um, it's just you know those some of the parts are like cringy. Yeah, and uh, not and not like it's a terrible movie, like I no, said, but it's it, like it's like kind like, of uncomfortable in this like weird like like I said, she's sending mixed signals. She acts very promiscuous towards him at times, and then she'll punish him for like having but, a human. But like but a, then when he has a, a normal reaction to it, then she punishes him for it. So it, I mean, it is, it's, like, she shouldn't be, like, acting no, this way towards no, her son. No, no, of course not. But, like, ugh. Yeah. It's just, but it does explain a lot of where his, yeah. you know. Where his problems come from. Yes, and why, like, she, like, you know, like, she was a very, like, overbearing mother, controlling. Yes. She was mean to him sometimes. She was nice to him sometimes, too. It was just, it's a very good movie, and I love how he finally gets a happy ending yes and well but that was kind of a bit of a twist in this one because the whole in the modern day aspect the whole thing was him calling this radio station telling his story and through it basically seeming to fall further back into his old ways by remembering all of this and he's saying, you know, I'm going to kill again and, and all of that. And he brings his wife to the house. And you're thinking that, okay, he's going to kill her. Uh, but And it looked as though he was going to for a little bit. And then she snaps him out of it. And then he basically, he burns the house down to essentially destroy. Destroy the past, yeah. burn it, bury it. He wants to be rid of it. And it's just like his wife said, no more blood, Norman. Yeah. He finally gets that happy ending and closure and, you know, healing, you know, energy that he deserves. And, I mean... I mean, I'm not saying... Because he's a murderer, I'm yeah, not saying Yeah, yeah, no, but of like, course, of course. I'm not trying to sound like a bad person, but I kind of feel bad for Norman. Yeah, no, of course. Well, because yeah, of, I mean, in, in all of the... Like, well, it was kind of a weird... It was a very much a roller coaster ride when it comes with Norman with throughout the four movies because you know the first one you're unsure of him until you find out what he really is and yeah. then you realize how crazy he is. Then the second one, for the majority of it, you're thinking, you know, with a few exceptions, you're thinking, okay, it seems like he's, um, you know, he's rehabilitated. But you're, but at the same time, you're kind of anticipating. Okay, when is he gonna snap? Uh, then in the third one, you're very unsure of what what's going on with him, and then the fourth one, you know, you kind of, you know, you're kind of rooting for him, but at the same time, waiting for the next the other shoe to drop with him. So it's it's, it's a very weird uh, roller coaster ride when it comes to Norman's uh, character development throughout the four movies. But we do feel sorry for him. Yes, yes, of course. Uh, but, I mean, and, and we were talking about this after we watched the fourth one. What would be interesting, and, and obviously, you know, Anthony Perkins is dead and, and all of this. So Rest it, in peace. It, it would not be, it would not be the same without him. But, I would love to see a subsequent sequel with seeing like if his son did develop any traits that would be cool yeah that you know if cool. his if his premonition was correct or if uh or if he is normal and like see him have to have to fight through you know people saying that you know he's the son of a you know killer and all of that yeah that would yeah that would have been cool but overall, like, all, the whole franchise, I give uh, about uh, four and a half, five skulls. Oh, definitely, definitely. I mean, the the fact that after such an iconic movie and, you know, the the sequels, you know, especially considering they're not as well known, you know, 
with a franchise like this where everyone talks about the original but no one really talks about the sequels, you're thinking, why are, why don't they talk about the sequels? You're probably thinking going into them, okay, they're probably going to be terrible or at least mediocre. But no, they're good movies. They I are. I like them, you know. We, like, I watched the series twice yeah, in like yeah. one week. That's how much I enjoyed it. Yeah, so it was a great... It it's a great franchise, uh, great movies, and you know, Psycho. Psycho, what's not to love, <laughs> yeah. man? Uh, anything more to talk about when it comes to Psycho? Uh, nope. I believe now it is. Uh, we're uh, closing our uh, discussion on the Psycho films, and now Brandon is going to take it away with his haunted history segment. Brandon. Yep. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Full work limited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. And. Like I said earlier, I'm going to talk a little bit about some Alfred Hitchcock history for you. He, um, like I said, he was he's originally from England, uh, English director and filmmaker, uh, known as the master of suspense for his use of innovative film techniques and thrillers. You know, some of the movies that he's most well known for, obviously Psycho, uh, Vertigo, which is another uh, very interesting movie to watch. And then one that we may talk about later on in, in 61 Days of Halloween. We'll probably talk about Psycho a little bit again. Please tell me well. it's the birds. Please tell me it's it, the birds. It is the birds. Ah! It is the birds. Yay! And, and like I mentioned, even though he has done movies in color... He was very well known for doing a lot of movies in black and white. Vertigo was also in black and white. Uh, the Birds was in black and white. Deciding to go with that old school feel. And there's a reason for that. Because he was doing movies, you know, all the way back in the se- in the 20s. So, you know, he's, uh... He, he's been, uh... He, he's, he is... Basically, one of the innovators of uh, horror, and uh, and and a guy that you know you definitely want to be able to see a lot of his uh, films. Absolutely, very talented. So that'll just about do it for my haunted history, and now take it away with the uh, bewitching hour. Yes, the bewitching hour. And last episode we did. Um, we talked about the, uh, I think, I believe it was the yearly moon phases. Uh, tonight, we're going to be talking about tree magic. And it's for people who like to perform, like, their spells outdoors, obviously. You're not going to grow or erect a tree inside, even though that would be kind of cool. Does Does wood count? Well, wood does have some, some <laughs> types of wood does have some spiritual properties, so yes. Um, but like it, you know, it could be any tree. It could be like you know, these are trees that you conduct your spells around. Um, it could be a tree that you get like a really good feeling from, or a specific tree that you know you want or see that has a special quality. I don't have. A whole lot of trees in my yard, so unfortunately, I don't do a whole lot of like outdoorsy, doorsy spells. Y- y- you could do this one at a certain time of year inside. Christmas tree? Is that that's what you're talking about? Well, okay. no, I was also just talking about like wood in in housing. Oh, okay. I think like you know the leaves and everything. Yeah. Like, 
Um, because many cultures, you know, they believe that trees have medicinal, curative, spiritual properties and that they can, you know, repel negative energy from from a person, mm-hmm. you know, or a spell. And, you know, that's why, like, if you ever, like, you know, walk through the woods or the forest, you feel more calm, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. But um, I'm going to go over the trees you know, the specific trees that I know that have proper, you know, that have spe- special properties. And I'm going to go over what properties they have. And um, there aren't, there's, you know, are not a whole lot of like trees that I have listed. I just, you know, have like a general list. But um, let's begin. The ash tree, ash um, has peace, protective, prosperity, and strength that goes with it. Birch trees are for new beginnings, healing of wounds and burns. Um, Cedar is for courage, longevity. I hope I'm pronouncing that right. Wealth, self-esteem, and purification. Coconut palm is for purity, honor, and relaxation. Cypress trees are for past life issues, comfort, protection, and eases the loss of anything. Like if you've lost a pet, for example. Um, Elder trees are for transformation and change, peaceful sleep, and self-confidence. Elm trees are for protection and meditation, and evidently stop slander. Eucalyptus promotes healing, protection, and moon affinity. Lilac activates chakras and heals back pain. Lime trees are for divination, development, and cleansing. Magnolias are for fidelity, changes, relaxation, and calmness. Maple trees are for long, excuse me, longevity, love, and money. Myrtle trees are for fertility, balance, youth, and riches. Oak trees are for increasing sexuality, luck, and strength. Pear trees are for clarity, energy, confidence, reduction, and reduction of stress. Pecan trees are for career issues and job seeking, money problems, and discipline. Pine trees are for prosperity, purification, health, and exorcism. Plum trees are for love and healing and also self-confidence, just like the elder tree. And poplar trees are for um, g- great for astral projection, wisdom, mental healing, and starting over. Walnut trees are for de- de- excuse me depression, healing, and heals infertility. And last but not least, sorry, it was a I guess it was a bit of a long <laughs> list. Um, willow trees are for like making wishes come true, seductiveness, protection, and promotes healing and energy to the sick. And basically, you know, the magic in trees, they don't, it doesn't have to be activated when doing like, you know, like I've mentioned in previous episodes, I focus on like a lot of moon spells. You don't have to use them for just moon spells. If you, you know, work with like the elements the most, you can use, basically use it for anything. You know, trees are great for everything. It's, you know, it can be accessed anytime as just a natural wealth of refreshment to, you know, your body, soul, mind, spirit. And that's just about it. Um, no teaching of spells, just more helpful information on how you can make them more potent. Sounds good. Lots of uh, good ways to enhance spells there. Yeah, and sorry if I'm stumbling when I do my segment, guys. I'm a little nervous when I'm talking on my own. I haven't done a whole lot of podcasts. Yeah, I'm the pro. <laughs> She's the, uh, I'm the a- amateur. Yes, amateur. Uh, so that'll just about do it uh, for this week. But we have some news to bring to you uh, first before we sign off. And let me just say one thing. Sorry, I know it's weird that we have we're having an episode tonight and tomorrow night. Um, like you already know, we screwed up and had to re-record one of our episodes, and we're supposed to do Psycho this past yeah. week. And but... we were originally gonna do. Uh, you know, we were originally going to do it yesterday kind of as a way to kick off the season, but uh, creating the website and getting that all up 
uh, delayed that. So, but the website's um ready the, to go. The They're... website is up. It's uh horrorsawin at wi- or horrorsawin slash my. I think you have to add the my. Oh, site. okay. Slash my site. Yeah, and um, there we do need to tweak some things on it. Yes. So, um, just yeah, be kind. It, it's still in the process of being built, but yeah, you know, the the general page is up now. Uh, and then tomorrow, to kick off the 61, days, 61 of Halloween. days of Halloween, we will do a bit of a kickoff special, um, you know, just because we didn't have a full week before the first episode in 61 days. We're going to do a few Halloween, bi- you know, based around the Halloween uh, holiday some newer horror movies based around Halloween. We watched Candy Corn, and we're going to watch Terrifier and Haunt. And we'll have reviews on those both on the website and and here on the show uh, tomorrow night. So be sure to tune in for that. And then next, and then next week, uh, what? And then next week, uh, we'll start in chronological order, starting off with some silent films. So we'll have the full uh, schedule up for that uh, later on this week uh, for next week. Yeah, and um, as well as like posting interviews, not interviews, I wish, (laughs) um, reviews online on our website, we're also going to be having like, you know, we have different tabs. One's like a dead time story segment where we're going to have different scary stories. And if you guys want to like submit some like true scary stories or like stories you've written, we'll credit you and everything and put them on the website. Um, Like I said, we're all I'm also going to be making a YouTube channel this fall season and hopefully we'll, with, you know, some vlogs and everything, hopefully we'll get that taken care of. And, um, yeah, that's just about it. Uh, we'll have, we're trying to get each episode of our pod, of this podcast posted on our website so you could listen to it on there too. But, uh, we'll get all that squared away. Um, it's a work in process. Um, 61 Days of Halloween is going to be a big event. Oh, you guys yeah. can't miss it. I mean, if it, you even have any suggestions on anything you want to have us like you know put in and everything 61 days you know it might not seem like a lot of days but it's a lot of days it's a lot more than 31 so we have a lot more time to put in as many movies as we can into it and uh and try to get as much content out there as we can, so uh, yes, it's gonna it's gonna be a fun next couple of months. Yes, it's gonna be absolutely fun. You're gonna, you guys are gonna dig it. If you love Halloween, you're gonna love this. Yep. So that'll just about wrap it up for us for this week. Yep, I believe so. Um, be sure to follow me at Punk Rock Goldbach on Twitter, which is probably gonna change soon. Uh, follow me at Bisco NMB Chiefs. That probably also will change soon since I'm also doing Carolina Forest games. So, you know, not exclusive to North Merle Beach <laughs> anymore. <laughs> and um, you can also follow me. On, I'm on Instagram at the moon, Witch XPLR and like us on Facebook at the festival of sound and horror podcast and, and go check out our website. Yep. Go check out the website. And if you're into sports as well as horror, Go check out Sports Unlimited. It comes out every Tuesday. Uh, had a interesting show this past week. Uh, lots of news, lots of notes, uh, both locally and nationally. Uh, and then, if you're into football, I've got some football coming up to uh, broadcast in a few weeks. So, uh, lots of things going on. Lots of things. All right, and that'll do us for that. Excuse me, that'll do it for us. I am the Countess Victoria Moon, and I am Brandon Baller saying so long and, and we'll pleasant talk to dreams. You. <laughs> <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> ah.